Hey, man. Hello, hello. How you doing? Great. I'm eating a sandwich. Hey, I'm eating a sandwich, too. PB&J, <laughs> all the way. Hey. So, how do you make your PB&J? Is yours different, or is it pretty no, generic, pretty vanilla? Pretty straightforward. The only thing I every once in a while do different is I don't do jelly. I do butter. Peanut butter and butter. So then it's not a PB&J, it's PB&B, but still. Hmm. You ever tried that? No. I um, I wouldn't normally associate extra butter in my butter product. Let's double the butter. I mean, I you know. double the meat. Why wouldn't you add some butter? I mean, come on. True. Don't go, yeah. don't go there. You get a double shot of espresso. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, yeah, or okay. I'll, I'll have to try it. Uh, yeah, you should give it a shot. A little different, a little different. Um, but it's funny that we're eating lunch because, and now I'm driving, but it, it is the, the kind of the reason I wanted to jump on the call with you and, and, and record this is because we want to always try and model really good conversation. And we had a great time launching our series on being called. And so I figured, hey, why don't I call one of the guys that I trust the most, talk to the most, and who I see doing his best to live family, career, all of the above with a particular and specific purpose and and um, and wants Thanks, man. things to thrive. Yeah, man. Well, of course. And, um, and so, yeah, I figure, why not? Let's have a little follow-up to Sunday. And for those who missed out on Sunday, maybe they can get a bit of a recap and be enticed or intrigued to go check out the actual message. Um, now, I know I sprung this on you. It didn't really give you a lot of lead time. I think, again, though, that's the point. How can we talk about these things right, in right. everyday, regular life, when we're on lunch break, when we're uh, grabbing a quick coffee, when we only got 10 or 15 minutes with somebody? Because this won't be an hour-long conversation, Scott Tresky. You I and know. I are that's committed. Hard. That's hard to accomplish, but we, we can do it. I mean, heck, hour long would be the sh at the short end of our spectrum, <laughs> um, and we're going we're going for gold here on the fifteen minute or ten minute or whatever. But, no, man, but just... this this replicates also when you may naturally share thoughts in conversation when you're at work, when you're with friends. You rarely have that longer format and a prepared, you know, notebook to refer to when you're right. just you know the water cooler talk. So right. No, Man, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be cool to to be people who just commit to making sure that water cooler talk, which I'm not sure that's a thing anymore, but yeah. used to be those little 10, 15 minute breaks. You'd go to the break room, grab a drink of water, the water breaks, the water cooler talks. If we were to if we were to be people and humans and Christians who actually saw those conversations in those moments as opportunities to bring heaven to earth, like yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, doesn't have to be every time. I mean, look, we, joy is part of heaven too, so you can have a laugh and enjoy your life. And, but why not bring some of that stuff to right conversation? So let me, let me just so just because of who you and I in our friendship over the years, calling and purpose, what we're doing, why we're doing it has always been part of our conversations. So one of the things we talked about yesterday was that Jesus called to them, like he didn't just call. Simon Peter, and he didn't just call Andrew, but he called Simon Peter and Andrew under the umbrella of them. He called them. He talked to them. He asked them to follow him. 
And, and it's always been important to me that people understand you can't jump into Christ and then immediately pursue calling that you've got to step into and establish yourself in community. And that's where character is shaped. That's where encouragement's found. That's where ideas come up. And if we move past that too quickly, we actually lose some of the strength some of the vitality of our calling because we aren't sharpening it with people. So tell me how that resonated with you as we talked about that word he called them. Because that that to me seems like such an important part of the overall journey of calling and purpose. Yeah, I I think that I mean there's a lot of facets to it. I think one of the things that hit me as soon as you said that yesterday was that we don't have to do this alone. And we get to interact with others as we do it. We get to figure it out alongside others as we go. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to do your own thing. You want to be unique. You want to carry the, you know, carry the torch by yourself for a time. But um, I think other times it is, you know, there's that strength in numbers. And so you have that confidence. You have that strength. And really you have that, that sounding board um, to work things out with others and then go to work with others and do the stuff together. So I I think that was an element that definitely hit me right off the bat that we, we get to do this together and the, the confidence and the assurance and almost the, the safety net that that can bring sometimes. Yeah. And I, and I think this is the part where we're in and we're going to get to the transformation destination thing, but like, I think this is part of where we, we, um, we have a definition of community that is just, just a hair too small. In other words, we think community is only for those places where people encourage you and and give you safety and all that. And that's, that's a hundred percent true. In fact, you need this for what I'm about to say. You have to have someone who believes in your future if you're going to allow them to speak into your present. But, and one of the things we quoted from Orwing McManus is like, you will never grow into your future if you will, if you're around people or you do, do life with people who will settle for less. And I think one of the things that you and I've even done in life and not all the time, I mean, gosh, this would not be a fun relationship if this was always, but every once in a while I need, and you need a kick in the pants. Like every once in a while you and I need someone to say, Hey, this is not you. Like this isn't what, why are you, don't be that way. Or, Hey, you're overreacting here. Or, Oh, Hey, you know what? What if you took this angle to it? I mean, gosh, you've done that for me so many times. Or, Hey, what if you just looked at it like this? And that doesn't always mean that you're a hundred percent right. And I'm a hundred percent wrong. It just means that it, it, it takes me back 25% or 45%. And, and now I'm walking with a bit more empathy, but still have conviction or I have a new idea of how to approach it. It just, it just, it's super helpful to do it with each other. So it just like working out. If I have a person who's, if I'm working out with that person, I want both the high five when we get it done, but I also want the man, what the heck are you doing? Skipping a workout today. Like I need both of those. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they both have to be present and that's what good relationship looks like to me. Yeah, to, to really think, walk this thing out. I think too, community keeps you from getting really weird, in the sense of <laughs> right. you can really go down a path too long by yourself, and you can convince yourself that it's right, or it's revolutionary, or mm-hmm. I can't believe nobody sees this like I see it. And when you're in community, they can confirm or deny that. They can say, "No, dude, that's just you. That's too weird." Or 
the, here's where you're really off. And yeah. I mean, I've never heard anyone say that to me ever, but I'm sure there are people out there who need that check <laughs> to say, Dude, that's weird. That's, uh, I no, took me a second you're... to catch your sarcasm. <laughs> but no, you, you totally would be able to tell if you saw me is I had that, that face like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. but anyways, uh, I think that, <laughs> people can really uh, go off the deep end if they, if they aren't in community and they're not with friends and they're not mm-hmm. around others, because it does keep you on, um, you know, in the places where you need to be uh, normal <laughs> and right. healthy, it, right. it keeps you on that path. Gosh, I mean, you could talk about, you know, I mean, all kinds of things. movies you where you've seen someone end up in isolation and they end up, gosh, what's the, what's the movie where the guy gets shipwrecked, Tom Hanks, and he's, and he starts oh, yeah. talking to Castaway. a volleyball. Yeah, Castaway. And, and, and we start talking to things that have no power and no value and actually can't do anything. And when we get isolated, we, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You get a little weird. Now, it's not to say that you won't have ideas that are weird that are from God that people need to kind of come around you and go, okay, let's, okay, let's at least give it a shot. Let's take a risk. But it, but it is to say that over the course of time, there's, a, there's some uh, help and life and, 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 and uh, encouragement and wisdom yeah. in people. And, yeah. you know, that's ha- that happened even, you know, the, kind of the illustration we used yesterday was we went back to the shower remodel that Meredith and I had to go through, which was, you know, the thing was leaking, wasn't working. The shower was ending up in our bedroom, which is never a good thing. And I, we were frustrated. And this is one point that I really liked, which was don't allow frustration to simply be frustration. Turn frustration into vision. Yeah. Allow frustration to give you a vision for what could be. I mean, that's how Airbnb started. It's how drive through started. It's how uh, iPhone started. It's how Uber started. Someone was frustrated with how things were. And they didn't just let the, how many times have you and I been frustrated with something, voiced it with each other, and then found out that six months later, someone invented something to solve it and they made a bunch of money. All the time. You know what I mean? So you've got to let frustration turn into vision. Now the challenge is vision that's birthed out of frustration will lead you into more frustration because now you have to figure out how to do it. And when we started remodeling but it, but our shower, new frustration. I mean, it's that's new, like but a it's different good. category. It's a new level. Right. 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 And it's, it's and good it's frustration. Fuel. Right. And like, you've got to have a vision that's bigger than your frustration or you will give up and you will quit. And I think what, what happened with our shower remodel is like, we encountered like two days in, we torn down all the walls, we've done everything. And then we realized the drain was a cast iron drain, which is like, one, I don't know who put that in, but it, that's like you, you're building a castle and you can't let anyone get in. Like it, that's the heavy, heavy duty stuff. And Shane and I, and his, his guy that works with him, they're working stuff out. They're figuring it out and they're bending saw blades to get down deep enough. And they're like, and they're having to give each other ideas and all this kind of stuff. And it, but it, and so there's community, right. Looking at different ways, yep. but, but it caused, it was frustration because here's what I would say. And it's what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, follow me and I will make you. And another translation says, follow me and I will transform you. And I think so many times we get so obsessed with the destination of where we're going that we forget that along the way is going to be transformation, that the call to follow Jesus is the calling of being formed, to being yeah. shaped, to being the formation of life. And we even use the illustration that it, it took till Matthew 28 for, for Jesus to say, go. He started in Matthew 4 saying, follow. In Matthew 28, he says, go. We want it to be Matthew 4, follow, Matthew 5, go. But it might just be that it's Matthew 4. And then 24 chapters later, 20 more than we ever wanted, he finally says, okay, go, because they were on a journey of transformation. 
so that when he sent them, they were ready, not perfect, but ready. And they knew who he was and they knew who they were and they had a discovery thing. And I think that's for me, man, I, I guess I've learned that over the years that I'm just always in this process and of transformation and being formed as I follow Jesus. And I need, I, I need to not get mad about the frustration. I need to lean into the transformation that's taking place so that the destination can come into view. I, yeah. I, I said this yesterday and, and you can tell me what your thoughts on this was, but, but I said this and it, it almost sounds harsh. It's not meant that way, but we, I almost, I said, don't ask for a destination if you're not willing to commit to the transformation. <clears throat> right. don't, don't ask for the future if you're not, not willing to commit to the forming. And I think that's where people get tripped up. God, we ask for a destination and God hands us transformation. And we're like, oh, what? No, I just want the destination. I just want to get the shower done, fixed, done, fixed, you know, working. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I think of a couple, I, I've got three things that just popped into my head throughout. I think, you know, the, um, I heard this analogy from your dad actually years ago, uh, where when the, uh, the space missions, when we were actually landing on the moon and there was this target, the moon was the target. And mm -hmm. as they're, you know, getting from the earth to the moon, it's not just that rocket ship, you know, fire the whole time, those big fuel tanks, those are just to get out of the atmosphere. The rest of the way you've got momentum, but you're constantly using these little jets hmm. just to course correct, course correct. 96% of the time you're course correct. Hmm. You're never truly right on course. You're kind of headed towards the moon, but you're always making small adjustments to stay relatively on course. And that's been an yeah. analogy that has helped me throughout my entire life. I mean, ever since I, I, I bet I heard that 15 years ago. And that's wow. been huge for me. I think a second thing to piggyback off that is I, I think a huge deficiency today in people is they're not present. Mm -hmm. And it totally, you know, tags on to everything that you're saying. You're thinking about the house, the car, the relationship, the things that take that are the result of time and investment. You're just thinking about the harvest and you're not thinking mm. about all the, the difficult times uh, before that but also all right. the good times before that you're not present you can't speed up or slow down time so yeah. why not soak it all up and enjoy yeah. the journey you know i mean these are wow. true and people say them all the time and people who are older than us are always reminding us <laughs> hey right. enjoy the journey be present take a lot of pictures enjoy these steps that you're taking yeah um, because once you get to the destination, you're probably just going to now pick a new destination, a different destination. And so right. the bulk of the time you're in process, you know, but I, I we, we both have a friend that uh, a long time ago, maybe kind of coined a phrase. Uh, let's give him the credit. Uh, yeah. You're progressing consistently, constantly. And, uh, that was, that was, let's give him a shout out. Taylor Berger. We'll give him the shout Taylor out. Taylor Berger. Mr. Peru. I, I can't tell you how often that that's been in my mind as an encouragement and a reminder, constant progress. You got to just stick to it. Keep going. You'll get there. That's, you know, that's the thing, right? Like you, sometimes we think of our future and the vision and our, and our calling as something out there in the future. It's coming to us. But I think the reality is that we're going to it. 
and we're going to it. And when we get to it, will we be who we're meant to be to embrace it? Like our future needs to permeate our present, not in the sense that it, that we are obsessive about how we look or what, but that we are intentional about who we're becoming and what we're doing in the process. And you will enjoy some of it and you will hate some of it. I mean, you know, I loved smashing the walls of my shower with a sledgehammer. I did not like picking up all the pieces. I loved seeing the new concrete. I did not like tearing it up because the leak actually wasn't fixed and having to do it all over again. There's part of this that you just kind of, but if you can keep the vision as part of who you are and part of what you're doing, then, you know, Pastor Phil Pringle used to say this and and still does, I'm sure, because it's a good one. I don't think he disagrees with it now, but that your, your future should be the architect of your present. And it's yeah. the day-to-day, the 96%, the adjustment with this jet and that jet and that engine and that thing to get us to the target. And I, I would just encourage people, don't commit so much even to the destination because that can change and that can be, but commit to the transformation. And, and I'll end with this because this is the part that I think is really amazing. What Jesus does with the disciples when he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, is he keeps, he keeps a word in there that keeps them anchored to what they know but he, he unlimits what that can do. In other words, he, they used to, they, it says that he came upon these guys that were throwing nets and they're, so they're fishermen. Well, that was what they did. Their career was their fishing. It's, this is what they do. And so many of us allow what we do to define who we are. But what if we allowed who we are to define what we're doing? In other words, our career can't limit us. It can only be a space where we get to be us. Whether that be making a coffee, making a burger, uh, mowing the lawn, uh, taking care of our children, uh, selling a business, owning a business, whatever it is, um, where we are people who understand Jesus unlimited their future. He took labels and limits off of them and said, you are not your career, although your career may play a part in this, but I'm going, to, you can fish for people anywhere and everywhere. And maybe we need to get a bigger view of what calling is, that it's not limited to even our career, but it should influence the way we do our career, the way we do our job, the way we love our family and all of the above. So, Hey man, I, I we got to run. This is, we hit 18 minutes. So we went a little long, but still better than the, the normal Scott and Brandon conversations, <laughs> right. but right. I really enjoyed just taking lunch and just, I, I think this would really encourage people. So hopefully um, some people give it a listen and, uh, and, and, and makes them go back. We'll get the podcast up this week and you can go back and listen to the first week of our, our series on calling. Um, but love you, man. Thank you. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll take another lunch break uh, next week. Yes, let's do it. All right, dude. All right, have a good day. All right, you too. All right, bye.